Midnight Mass After Show, presented by Horror Movie Talk. On a normal episode, we would normally review and discuss one horror film in detail, but for this series of eight episodes, we'll be having an opinionated and accidentally funny discussion on each episode of the Mike Flanagan production, Midnight Mass, on Netflix. Your panel of expert hosts each week, each episode, and each week of the normal Podcasts are Dr. Bryce Hansen, me, I hold a PhD in spookology and fake theology, and Dr. David Day. Hello. Oh, Professor David Day, I'm yes. sorry. You don't have a doctorate yet. You're adjunct. <laughs> He's the foremost expert in Scarenonos. So, without further ado, let's get into the Midnight Mass after show with let's. Horror Movie Talk. Yes, let's. Let us pray. Dear creator, director, writer, Daddy Flan, please bless this episode of the Midnight Mass After Show as we discuss episode five of this masterful horror masterpiece. Bless us with the knowledge that we know what we're talking about, even though we did no research. Bless us to know your will and to know how to guide our listeners onto the path of of uh, pretentiousness. And in Kate Siegel's name we pray. Amen. 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 This is a good one. Yeah. This one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it starts uh, really turning the corner. Um, so Riley's missing, and Aaron is searching all over the island for him. Father Paul is starting to sound more militant in his Good Friday sermon. And Mildred is appearing almost as young as her daughter at this point. Mildred is her name. Mm. Or ah, Millie. Millie. She goes by Millie, too. Okay, I got gotcha. you. We eventually find out what Riley's fate is and have some of the most emotional moments in the series. Probably like the strongest episode ending oh, yeah. of the series. Yeah, chills. Other than the finale. Man, uh, the way this one ends is just, wow. Just a big old punch to the balls. Spectacular, though. Like, Yeah. So before we get into the episode, we want to mention our website, horrormovietalk.com. Please go there to uh, meet all your horror movie talk needs. <laughs> Find links to all of our social media. Check out our Facebook group. It's very active and got a lot of cool people there. We post new episodes of the regular podcast every Wednesday, so check us out there. Uh, leave us a review and follow us and tell other people about it. If you want to leave a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. You can talk about Midnight Mass. You can talk about the regular podcast or horror movies in general. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you really love this after show, and uh, want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash horrormovietalk. We've got a bunch of tiers that with bonus content there if you want to check us out. Um, thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Amen.
Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, okay. Where did we leave off on four? So Was, have has Riley been attacked? Riley got attacked by the by the angel. Yes. Um, <laughs> the angel of light sucked his blood. Well, the thing you got to remember about angels is every time they appear in the Bible, people are ho- fucking horrified. Right. So this all goes to this is all this all goes to that. All goes to that. So yeah, Riley is attacked after he like goes back and investigates Joe's disappearance because Father Paul had lied about him visiting his sister. I got it. And Riley was like, "Wait, no, I'm not going to let this slide." Yeah. And he walks in on the angel pouring his blood out, and then big big jump. And then camera goes black. So I actually want to talk about this for a minute because this is low key the most important part of this series. Really, this is the thing that allows this whole. This is the explanation that allows the whole series to take place, which is this is an angel. Look yeah. at it. It's yeah. got wings. It's otherworldly. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's terrifying, just like all the accounts of angels in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's like, frightening. This thing, it, it grants new, revi- revisited, life revisited, you know? It grants you un- un- incredible, unnatural healing ability and, like, all this kind of stuff. The whole, the whole premise of this show hinges on the fact that this is an angel. Right. And that's just bonkers to me, you know? It's like... That's such a brilliant uh, thing that that I assume Mike Flanagan came up with and was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's look at what angels look like in the Bible. Horrifying. What's something horrifying in real in in like the mythos of the world? I'm not going to say vampires. Well, I mean, it's kind of vampire a little bit. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, just going off of that concept that. um Every mention of the Bible, people are frightened of angels. It's like, you never think, like, you always think, oh, it's sudden, and they're otherworldly, and, and uh, they're just surprised because they've never seen a bright, shiny, winged angel before. Well, you never like, seen a fucking angel before? Right. What's like the matter, Homer? you never seen a naked chick riding a clam before? Everyone's envisioning, you know, John Travolta with wings. <laughs> Fluffy wings. Is that Michael? But that's not the case. Yeah. Okay. Is that a Michael reference? Yes. Wow. It's timely. It's the only it's a one. timely Michael reference. It's the only Michael reference in the last 20 years. <laughs> Be careful. I'll also mention phenomenon. Oh, no. Um, so, uh, yeah. You never think, oh, it's because it's fucking scary how they look. But, that, but that's got to be it, right? Mm-hmm. What's to say... What's to say this isn't an angel? Well, and and then every time people talk, the other the other thing they talk about in the Bible is the the appearance of God. And any time you see that, it's like that's oh. also frightening. Cause it's Holy like, shit! Um, oh my god! I mean, oh no! I mean, I'm so sorry. Surrounded by seraphim and like flaming swords and like many faced beasts and stuff. It's like, huh? On the other hand, like, that's people, like, God could impress people from, like, 2,000 years ago, no problem, you mm. know, because they were easy to impress, you know. Right. It's like, oh, these people ain't seen shit before, you know. Yeah, they've never seen CG. Yeah. And so, I mean, I saw a hologram Tupac dance around and give a stage performance. How, could God really be that incredible? What if me? that's what, 
what God did back then. He just had access to hologram technology. Yeah. Maybe, and a bunch of CG. Yeah, maybe God's just Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> maybe we're playing praying to the wrong person. Flanagan's... Oh, he, shit, he maybe just, we should be playing to Marty McFly. He just... God put some uh, bright lights and some wavy fabric over a fan. I'm like, ah, oh, it's a burning bush. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah. the bush isn't burning. Right. It's not being... Con- I, I love... I, anyway, the, all this to say, I really do love the premise behind the angel. Right. And, like, God works in mysterious ways. And just, like, taking all of these, like, things we would normally take for granted and just kind of just tweaking them to make it fit into this... I just love the idea that they took a super religious-themed horror movie and didn't go the demon route at all. like, And that's what I expected up till, you know, probably episode three-ish. Sure. And uh, they just went full vampire. Yeah. Just like, no, it's it's literally, it's a little bit of a different vampire than you're used to, but it's definitely a vampire That's the other thing I love about this monster. series, is it's like, it takes the old premise of vampire. Mm-hmm freshens it up big time right makes it interesting and scary again well i mean the other thing is it feels like religion has been part of the vampire mythos but it's like kind of tangential it's like right. oh they don't like crosses because mm-hmm. they're anti-christian <laughs> right those those va- those vampires are all atheists right they hate us they hate us christians or satan worshipers so, or, or satan worshipers sure whatever um and so they don't like, you know, pictures of the cross, but that's as far as it goes with religion. It's not like, yeah. And this <laughs> uses religion in a different way where it's like, oh, it's using it for its purposes. Right. It's not. Which is exactly what devilish things would do. Right. It's not afraid of religious iconography. It uses them. Right. This is literally how the devil is described in the Bible is like. Oh, he's going to come to you in the thing you least expect. A wolf in sheep's clothing. He's going to be the wolf in sheep's clothing, and he's going to get in. Yeah, these are all great, like, just mechanics to make this whole thing pop off. So let's get into the episode. You never really see wolves in sheep's clothing. You never see wolves in clothing of any sort, really. It's not Um, really that much of a threat to sheeps. Not really, no. sheep. Yeah, and sheep, ha- but you do see dogs in sheep's clothing. They have those dog breeds that look just mm. like sheep, and then they fucking annihilate the wolves. Okay, they put like these these spiky collars on them, so the wolves can't like get a mm. they can't get like a throat grab grip on them. Nice. These dogs are like two hundred pounds and just like ripping. Sorry. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, so um, it starts out. Riley's family is like, "Where's Riley? Ah, eh, probably with Miss Green." Yeah, and and, and they're kind of all like, "Good for him." <laughs> yeah, and Miss Green is like, "Where's Riley?" And family's like, "Not here." But I thought I thought he was with Dad. They're like the Spider Man pointing at each other. Yeah. <laughs> um. So and then it it cuts to uh, Mildred, the old lady, and she's, I mean, that's the biggest transformation in yeah. the series, like between last episode and this. Yeah. With Mildred, she's she went from fifty to thirty five. <laughs> And I, uh, <laughs> there's a thing, okay, this is me being nitpicky, but you, did you notice, like, how they treat the hair with this? Like, I understand the 
like the de-aging of the face and wrinkles disappearing. But it doesn't make sense that their hair is going darker. Okay. Because the hair follicles are dead. They can't be restored. They're already dead, right? No, but they're being revitalized. They're being re-alivened. Yeah, but you can't... You're saying you're saying she she would have to have a dye job, yeah. To like, but specifically, like uh, the hair, Mildred's hair is in this episode is grayer at the root and then darker at the tip. At the tip, that shit happens with gray hair. They go gray in funky ways. Like I feel like it's like like each follicle kind of sputters. It's like, <laughs> uh, well, you know? no, how it goes is like you have. Either have a dyed or like you have it dark, and then as it grows, it goes gray. So you see well, gray at the root, and then that's that's dark the thing. That's on. what I'm saying. So I'm saying if they were revitalized, if they got turned younger, they would have dark roots. That's all and, I'm saying, and that's what I'm saying is like um, maybe her hair's growing really fast, you know, and like like when my hairs go gray, they kind of go gray brown, gray brown, gray brown for a while. I would like proof of that. I would have to, you'd have to be with me in my morning routine in mm-hmm. front of the mirror going, how the shit did this happen? I want to see with a, gray a hair. On the, with gray on the tip and brown towards the follicle. Yeah, it happens. I want to see that. I don't believe it. We'll grow your beard out. I guarantee you'll see it. <laughs> um, All right. Well, it's a little nitpicky thing. I was like, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's what matters is communicated that they're younger now. Yeah. And this is what a younger version of that looks like. Even yeah. though. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are getting a little um, suspicious that there's no morning mass and there hasn't been for a while. And the grounds groundskeeper Willie's like, no, it's normal. Don't, yeah. don't worry about it. Hey, it's hey, not feeling hey, great. Hey. You'll feel better tonight. In the darkness, just come at night. Don't yeah, worry, don't worry about it. Right. Um. <laughs> then, um. Ry- Aaron eventually reports Riley missing, and there's very is, small town vibes. Yeah, during this report, and she's this- like, she, he's like, did so he was supposed to come over, and she's like, yeah, and he's like, but he, and she's like, he is supposed to come over. Right, right. Like, where else is he going to be? There's like a hundred people on this right. island. Can you? Right. And he didn't go off island. Right. He didn't go to the mainland. So it's like there's five places he could be, and he's not there. <laughs> right. So missing person. Right. Um, but it's it's really interesting how it frames it because the sheriff asked to a state of mind. And you're like, oh, they talked about death a lot, like right, <laughs> right before She's like, he disappeared. State of mind, huh? Hmm. Oh shit. Mm, yeah, yeah, about that. That's right. We did have that talk. <laughs> hmm. He didn't seem afraid of death. <laughs> hmm. He was very interested in talking about it, though. You know, he really went on and on about death. Hmm. Okay. Well, I will fill out that report. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that night during mass is the good Friday and, and father Paul is like special night boys. Oh, I read that. <laughs> I read that differently. I had a comment there. Huh? Special night boys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Your note says spe- to me reads special night boys. 
I'm like, ew. That's a different priest. <laughs> um, so they have Good Friday and a very fiery sermon about the gospel and really starts... You're so, my army. So between this episode and next, uh, Father Paul kind of transitions into more of a televangelist. <laughs> very fiery and exaggerated and um, much more extreme in the message. So he's talking about how, you know, they're God's army. It's, it's a war. It's God's kingdom. And then he starts talking about how God asks you to do horrible things sometimes, but it's God. So it's it's good. Again, it's this is purposes. this is the thing that I love about this series is like so perfectly correct. Right. You know, it's like, oh, God works in mysterious ways. He asks horrible things. Like, do you think Moses had a good time? No. Do you think Noah had a good time? No. If you're getting talking to God, you're up for some shit. Um, so, and guess what? We're up for some shit. Like, buckle up. And he talks about specifically how morality changes, you know? And so it's yeah. all in service of what's to come. Like, And it's very obvious in this episode, even though you don't know what happens in the next episode. It feels very sus, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so... You're thinking, like, what's he up to? And you know that he's, like, you know, um, been turned. And I think that's it's it's uh, insinuated that this is going to be part of the plan as, like, turning yeah. the island. Yeah. And so it's preparing them for, like, yeah, it's, you know, God wants you to be vampires. And, you know, it's got to go with it. It's God's will, you know. Back in the Old Testament, there was different morality. God told people to, com- you know, commit genocide, but it was good. And uh, then the New Covenant came, and that changed, and you're able to teach the gospel to Gentiles. And well, this is the New like New Covenant. This is the New New Covenant. Gotta get that New 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 New. Um, Just let me taste you <laughs> one time. <laughs> hey, that works really well. In yeah. <laughs> Just let me taste you. <laughs> um, where are we? And then he ends with like, we're going to do great things. And it was very, like the end of that was, it felt very Jordan Belfort. Like from, uh, Oh, from Wolves of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're going to do great things. You got, oh man, that's such a good movie. Yeah. Oh. Um, Mildred's reaction to it was not good. She was like, this is not good. Yeah, she was like... No, David. Honestly, David, it's like a witch's house in here, David. It's like a witch's house in here. <laughs> um, so she tells um, her daughter... Aaron. A- or no. Not, not Aaron. Uh, uh, the doctor. Yeah. Doctor... Hold on. Drum roll. No. Drum we roll. We all know who she is. She's the doctor. Sarah Gunning. Yeah. That... She is not to go back to church. Yeah, don't don't go back there. That Which is, is probably something that you would love to hear as like a you know an atheist lesbian. You know? Yeah. She'd be like, like, oh finally. Okay, good. Ugh. Remember when you told me not to go to church? Like I'm living by your wish. Um Riley shows up. Yeah, finally. To Aaron. 
he he shows up and Aaron's like, "What the? F- where have you been?" And this is basically the last half of the episode is is him taking her out on a boat, as one does with your lady. It's very it's very ominous. Yeah, because because yeah. we are because of the implication because the <laughs> right because they're on out, out on a boat. Holy shit! This is a direct Always Sunny reference. This is exactly an Always Sunny reference. She's looking away. I mean, where is she gonna go? You know, we're gonna have sex because of the implication. Yeah, she can't. I mean, what's the, wait? I'm what's confused. She do? What's the implication? Well, you know, we're on the implication that things are gonna go wrong for her if she doesn't. If she but does. they won't. But she thinks they might. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you want to rape this girl. No, no, you're confusing. I this. wouldn't because of the implication. I wouldn't. I don't have to because of the implication. <laughs> Um, so he takes her out on the boat and then the last like half of the episode is him explaining what happened to him, which is, you know, last we saw him, he got attacked by an angel <laughs> that sucked his blood. I, I can't remember if it showed him. Yeah. It showed him like his neck getting sucked. And I can't remember if it showed father Paul partaking or not. I wish, I wish it had, uh, I wish we had that, that, uh, sound bite of suck <laughs> that, that echoes <laughs> um but yeah no he definitely got vamped he got turned into an angel or uh, yeah so he tells the story of like what he's been doing since then right. which is basically being you know father paul attempting to indoctrinate him yeah you know yeah like this is fine yeah, and this the reason fine. and the reason he didn't show up during the day is he's a vampire now. Right. He was killed by the vampire, brought back to life as a vampire, and now Yeah, he went outside and started burning immediately and like, Father Paul's like, Yeah, so that's not a I mistake got, you're gonna make again. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> Let's Just come check. back inside. <laughs> um so and Okay, he, couple couple things to talk about here is how salty Bev is that Riley got turned. Oh, she was so. <laughs> this is like the best episode because Be- because Bev gets it in so many different ways. Right. She's just. Uh, oh God, I hate Bev so fucking much. Bev's like, you've been chosen. You, you, <laughs> the you, <laughs> <laughs> the outcast of all people, alcoholic you. you, and I'm still here, just normal old Bev. But it's God's will. So, welcome to the fold. Yeah, I. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Wait, is it? It must be next episode that um, Bev gets the talking to by Riley's mom. I don't even think it's next episode. It's after that. Oh, it's it's the seventh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then she like kind of braids him because he's like, she says like, you sit there with this sad. They're blessed among men. And you're smirking. It's like she's so mad that he doesn't appreciate that he's been turned into a vampire. She's like, "This I've been waiting for this for ages." Yeah. Um, before that, I, I guess is where Father Paul is really. Um, they have kind of the AA meeting where he's like, "All right, this is this is what it is now." Right, and. Um, that he talks about um 
I mean, you, like all the all the horrible things that Father Paul has done and is going to do that he doesn't feel guilty about it because it's God's will. And he asked Riley, like, you know, how do you feel about that? And he has to push him a couple times, but then it shows Riley saying that he's jealous, you know, that he can he can feel absolved of you know his sins and and all in the service of saying every bad thing that you've done and the entire reason that you're here on this island now being that you killed a girl in a drunk driving accident you know went to jail and came back and are destitute right now all serves god's purpose of getting you here at this moment to be his disciple right and so you shouldn't feel bad about any of that because it was all part of god's plan and Father Paul is so confident in his ability to rationalize what happened to him and the horrible things that he's kind of planning on doing that it's all from God that he feels spotless. And he puts that to Riley of like, you know, how does that make you feel? And at first Riley's like, makes me angry, you know, and it's crazy. And he keeps pushing. It's crazy because Father Paul sees right through him. Yeah. You know, and he like, keeps pushing, no, it and, and it finally says that he's jealous of it. Because who wouldn't want that? that? That's the thing. Like, this is when this I is... when I see people that believe in something so strongly right. and have like such a strong world vision, whether it's mine or not, or whether I think they're completely wrong. I I try to look into their perspective, and I see it as like they know they're right, and they are perfectly confident. This and is, they never doubt themselves, and I'm so jealous I'm, of that. Okay, this is my bottom line with narcissists. Is like I'm like re- yeah, okay, they're horrible and they're terrible and they do terrible stuff. But really, at the at the core of it, I'm fucking so jealous because they are the best, and it doesn't matter what you think to them, they're the best. And to have that kind of confidence in yourself mm-hmm. makes me so jealous, right? Because I'm not the best. I'm the worst. It's one of those things of people that have never lived a, like, considered life. <laughs> They're like, they never stop and think about it's the themselves. It seems like the best. Like, yeah, I'm jealous of that. Oh, man, me too. Big time. I wish I could just stop the voices and stop, like, talking about how horrible I am to myself. I know. Just, like, say, like, no, I'm right. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's. That is really what I'm angry about is the jealousy that I feel for these people who are, who feel as though they're vindicated all the time mm-hmm. and whatever they do, because it's like, man. So, I mean, it's like people like Bev. It's like, what a scotch bright life. Man. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so angry that people like her exist and are like, you know, self-righteous poisoning but, dogs and just like, fuck it. I I know I'm right. But I'm also very jealous of Bev that like, right. I wish I could be that. I yeah, wish I, I could wish just... I could do what I want wantonly and never have to answer to myself. Uh-huh. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um so uh bu- 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 and it shows like the absolute hunger for blood that yeah, the turn people have through Riley now. Cuz like he he puts uh the father puts Bev right in front of him and he like lunges at her and tries to suck her blood you, and uh you could tell she was kind of into it she's like, she like oh yeah it's about to happen oh, uh, baby. can you, you know, choke me a little while you do yeah. it 
you pull that hair. Um, you know, and I, and I know I've said, I know I've said this a lot, but this is just another way that the series is so great is that it takes that, like that Bible thing of like, you're about to do horrible things and it's okay. Right. Because it's ordained by God. Right. And it's like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. It's yeah. brilliant. Every part of this makes so much sense. Right. And it's <laughs> the best part of it is well-meaning people thinking that they're doing the right thing. Like in terms of especially Father Paul. Like, yeah. They're clean in their head. Yeah. And, and that's he, all that matters. Yeah. And, uh, okay. And then at the end, they basically perform the sacrament of communion with grounds keeper willie's blood yeah surge i have no idea what his name (laughs) it's he's uh, he's grounds keeper willie to me it's yeah and um he and they like the priest actually does like the communion prayer it's it's very much a sacrament and then you know riley laps it up you know sucks it all down and and with father paul reassuring them that it's a good thing and uh and uh, Father Paul asks him if he feels at peace, you know, now that he's drank blood and Riley nods. So he's like, it's one of those situations where it's like, God damn it. Like, I don't want this person to be right, but also I can't deny how I feel right now, you know. Right. Because of, you know, my nature. There's this thing. There's this weird element of like, addiction right so right with riley he's like he's an addict in recovery he knows it um and he so he knows to feel bad about like this like this new urge that's like so compelling and must feel exactly the same as as like the urge to drink or work or or much worse because he's like or much worse yeah. yeah and so like there's this compounded guilt that riley will feel over this um that doesn't seem to be echoed in father paul and then father paul lets him leave and bev's like hey, you sure uh you shouldn't trust his part of this here whole thing. yeah th- and this and that i'm glad you brought that up because this is really critical this this binary that you just described bev being like no trust mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we do not trust riley we don't trust anybody mm-hmm. like uh and Father Paul being like, no, trust is a huge part of this. Because Father Paul really, truly believes that this is God's will. And Bev really, truly believes that you can't trust these people. And that, no, this is a power grab and this is our power grab. Mm-hmm. And so that's an interesting binary, too, because that plays itself out later. Right, right, right. So And... um and is the implication is that he is to go out and spread the gospel or, you know, turn people that deserve it. Yeah, know? he's to be an apostle. Um, he goes around, has vampire vision, which is all not not super impressive. It's exactly what I knew it was going to be. It's like that. Put the sparkly lens on. the. Yeah, put the sparkly lens like that. Like when you get, you know, when you went to OMSI, did you ever go to OMSI and go into the gift shop and they had like the Jordy glasses? That had just kind of rainbow, a little haze. Yeah, sure. If anybody anybody who's listening won't probably know what OMSI is unless they're from the Portland area. It's the it's Oregon the, Museum of Science and Industry, and it's yeah, it's like one of these. It's like an interactive, hands-on, yeah, museum learning kind of, museum kind of thing. And yeah. so, 
Yeah, Jordy LaForge glasses. Yeah, have like the little rainbow halo on stuff. Yeah. So that's what Vampire Vision is. Like, you could have really just like avoided that just by getting those glasses from Omsi. Yeah, just pass out the Omsi glasses. Yeah. But this is Crockett Island. There's no Omsi out yeah. there. True. True. That is so true. Um, so now we get back to who he's been telling this story to the whole get, time. So on Aaron, she's on the boat. She's looking around. She has nowhere to go. Because <laughs> she's on a boat in the middle of the <laughs> And she's like, why did you bring me out here? And Riley says, because of the implication. Uh, he says, you know, he doesn't tell her why he brought her out there. He's really. like, he's like, a little, little taste. Let me get a little taste of that neck, baby. And Aaron says that, I'm not scared of you. Um, and and Riley basically says, I knew you wouldn't believe any of this unless I showed you. And as the sun is rising. This is all the dreams he's had up until this yeah. point of him sitting in that boat. Him seeing that girl. Yeah. And then sitting in that boat. I'm like, what is this? What is this about? And it's all coming too. And so the sun finally rises and it shows Riley looking at this girl that he's seen in his like night terrors of this this girl that he killed drunk driving and instead of being filled with shards of glass reflecting off you know police lights it's her completely restored she's happy she's smiling at him jump cut to him burning on fire and, and into like ash and Aaron screaming very 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 saint mod moment yes Yes, very, very St. Maude. If you like, by the way, if you like this series, Midnight Mass, you need to go watch St. Maude. It is a lot of similar um, religious elements, uh, a lot of, a lot of like, same same kind of thing as this. Not a lot of hand-holding, um, real interesting yeah. stuff. Compelling. Definitely a little slower than this, but it's, it's very... Um, I packed it all into two hours. This is this is gonna be a seven hour series. Okay, I don't know. All right, I, I mean, don't know. you say slower. It feels like there's more. Seems like it's twice. Well, as I fast. mean, Saint Maud is literally like one character. Yeah, and this is like eight. Fair enough. And lots of stuff happens. Um, anyways, um, and I love during the the credits, like she's crying into the credits. That that's crazy. So that's it, and that's a thing that happens throughout the whole series. Whatever it ends on, it ends. There's no music at the end mm-hmm. most of the time. I think there might be once or twice, but mostly it's like if if the if the scene if the show ends with like water lapping against a boat, that's what you hear throughout mm-hmm. the credits. And this, oh man, her, oh man, her shrieks of like as he's disintegrating. Yeah. That moment is burned into my mind, like. Yeah, that was so perfect. Like right. I can't. I want and to do the, it more justice. And the the effect of him burning up is so great because it's like he's already a charred skeleton by the time it cuts back. You know, he's like just gone. Can you imagine? Can you imagine witnessing that? Um, just the sun comes up and then like holy fucking crap. Like whoa, yeah. Whoa, the person whoa. that you love burns up in front of you. That would you just yeah. Lost that would that would baby. leave a mark. That would leave a mark. <sighs> Especially right after they expressed, they declared their love for each other, and then immediately. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty rough. 
So um, that's our episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for listening again. Please subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts for this podcast. Share the after show with a friend, anyone that you know that's watching Midnight Mass on Netflix at work or friends or family. Look, that's huge. And, and you know, guys, this is a free show that we produce, um, you know, just kind of out of the kindness of our hearts and out of the love of the game. You know, we mm-hmm. really like doing this. So if you can support the podcast by sharing it, that helps us out a lot because we would really like to grow it into something huge. Yeah, so. sharing is caring. Um, speaking of caring, we really care about our resident artist, Dustin Goebel, so we want to mention him. He's a professional artist, um, and you can take commissions for artwork from fans of the show or anyone else too uh contact him on instagram at dgobel 0 that's at d-g-o-e-b-e-l-0-0 make your artistic dreams come true we will see you next time going going go with peace. flanagan go with flanagan yeah uh we'll see you on the flippity flop flip flop bye bye